Welcome to episode 51 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. And we are back in the studios, the man cave, the <laughs> desk of recording. We are here, ready to bring you episode 51. 51. And look at us being on time, hopefully. <laughs> we're, oh, we're for rec- the release. Yes, for the release. Okay, we're recording you. it yeah. on time. Hopefully, it gets released on we're, time. We're already late recording. We're, no, we're early. Well. <laughs> anyway, that's what we are. But uh, hey, I didn't know if y'all noticed this, but starting with last week's ep- or last episode, episode fifty, if you caught this, good job. If you caught it today, good job. But the intro music has just slightly been tweaked. It's been it's been pumped up a little. That's right. It's been. It's got some more drummage going on. It's like our old theme song on steroids now. <laughs> it's got that little drum intro. But totally beginning. legal steroids. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Um, but no, Corey Shane. That's what he goes by. Oh, I was, his, I was like, dude, you messed name. up his name. Way to go. That's his studio name. Oh, okay. Corey Shane Music. Yes, I almost said that wrong. Instagram, Facebook, go look him up. He is the one who originally did our intro song three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to us, uh, he just sent me a message. And he, I was like, when I posted the picture about recording episode 50, and he said that uh, he had a gift for us. And just... A little while later. If anyone else would want to send a gift our way, yes, we do feel accept. free to do that. We do accept that we do not give tax receipts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was great. So he sent us that, and we're like, man, that's awesome. We can't really give you credit for it now. Not that he was doing it. Because we had already recorded yeah, the show. Already, not that he was yeah. looking for credit. He just uh, has always supported the show. So go check him out, Corey Shane Music. And if you have your yeah. own podcast and you're just listening to sound what a good podcast is, hit him up. I bet he can yeah. do some music for you. He loves that stuff, man. Did a great job. I dig it though. Yeah, I think he did a great job. It's and it, you know a lot of people might think that that's an easy. Well, it's just a jingle. Yeah, you try to come up with a jingle. Yeah, it's not a jingle. It's not a rock yeah. your face. <laughs> not a jingle. <laughs> I got some other good news though, Jonathan. Yeah. You know, uh, I love playing disc golf. Yes, I can tell, and especially by the shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing my on you my right disc now. golf shirt today, and the new season's about to kick off. And they so, have seasons in have disc seasons. golf. Yes. Okay. There's professionals. Okay. okay. And so they, a lot of the athletes, <laughs> if you want to call them that. <laughs> Sorry. Jonathan Sorry, I just awesome. thought of a joke that but, I heard earlier. Well, the athletes, they're sponsored and they'll give away like free discs if you follow them on Instagram or yeah. something like that. Did you get a free disc? No, but I keep oh. trying. I'm getting pulled in. So I thought we should do something like that. Sure. So we should give away. A land the plane disc. We can do that. Oh, we could make one. I yeah. mean, I've been thinking about doing it. Like we can Let's put our, it. we can put our logo on a disc. Let's make fifty of them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was just thinking about a T-shirt or something. If we get in the next the first twenty four hours of a release of this episode, one million downloads. <laughs> <laughs> We're so close to that already. I mean, it's a no brainer. I know. Like, how could we not get it? Yeah, that's what I feel like sometimes on those little contests. Name three friends. Subscribe. Yeah, did you see the one last night on the the Super Bowl? It was like the first 
person that tweets how many Mountain Dew bottles were in this commercial wins a million bucks? No, I missed it. Yeah, you just had to tweet like a uh, maybe a hashtag and the number to try to guess it. Did you and try? The first, no, because I knew by the time I rewound that and paused <laughs> it and tried to find them all, 75 people would have already answered. How many people missed the game, you think, because... Be, oh yeah, because they were and you wouldn't you have loved to have been the commercial right after that? Oh, I guess yeah. I'd pay extra. Oh, I mean, yeah. like not extra did. to be the commercial after, but like extra. Oh yeah, because that that commercial got skipped. Whatever that was. Yeah. Reddit the bought like a show five second skipped, commercial. But anyway, I didn't watch any of it. I take that back. I watched like the first five minutes of the game. Just because the bills weren't in it. I wasn't boycott because my bills got to be by the Chiefs, but I got enough family where I was, you know, rooting for the Chiefs. And yeah. I, I hate that Tom. <laughs> Not because like he's a bad person. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and say Patriots it. And I never thought that I would say this. I, I I don't like Tom Brady. I don't. That's not the part that I didn't think Here I'd we say. Go. So but no, on the bandwagon. I, you already ordered your buck shirt, didn't you? Oh no 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 <laughs> never. I realized that I don't hate Tom Brady as much as I thought. A lot of my ill will is I think is toward Bill Belichick, just because now that Tom Brady has left the Patriots. It's like, okay, and you won another Super Bowl. <sighs> yeah, you're stinking good. I'll give him that. He's good. He's good. He's yeah, that's probably why I hate him. Maybe but, one of the best of all time. I need to see new people winning things. Like I don't <laughs> care about college football championship anymore because Alabama's gonna win. Yeah, that's true. Or it's gonna be Clemson. Spoiler alert, next year Alabama or Clemson's winning. I don't know. I just can't. Anyway, so what are we giving away and how are we how are people just, winning it? I was just just having some fun. You wanna give away some? Yeah, let's do some discs. Like, seriously, that'd be fun. You want to give away a disc? One di- it's like 20 bucks for a disc. How many discs are you going to put up there? I'll do one. You do one? Oh, well, for what? We'll think about it. Okay. <laughs> On a future episode of Win the Blame Podcast. <laughs> yeah. We gotta we'll get- put it in the podcast somewhere so you have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm the only person that plays disc golf that listens to this thing, probably. Maybe so not. So if you win, send it to me. <laughs> But, okay, we're going to move before you decide to give away a house or something. Yep. Jonathan, you've got some news to share. I do have some news to share. Exciting news. Yeah, so we don't, I mean, we share quite a bit, I guess, about our family, but not everything. And some things um, I have not been able to share. Um, Jonathan's pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I feel that way. I I spoiled it. I feel that way most of the time and look that way all the time. Um. Who is that coughing? I don't know. I don't know. Where's that dog? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, but uh, so I'm. I've been in the foster care system as a foster parent for a long time, and we've had quite a few kids come through the house. um, Been able to help out quite a few, and uh, and we've had one little boy for oh well a little over two years. In fact. We had him for 795 days wow. before we could officially say he's ours. And so this Woo. morning we, uh, we did a, we had final yeah, adoption hearing, that kind of thing, and adopted him from the foster care system. And so Daniel is ours now. And uh, so that's really cool. It's kind of a cool thing that we can actually mention him on the podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. I can, you know. We shared some pictures and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. Super happy for you yep. guys. Daniel's in great, great place. It's good stuff. Yep. So, 
Didn't think I'd be starting all over at this uh-huh. age, but you're nah. knock, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Thanks. You can, you can insert the song there if you want. Yeah. <laughs> but Jonathan, obviously, there is somebody else in the room. There is with us. There is. I don't think we should leave people in eager anticipation anymore. Uh, we told we told everybody we we're going to have to start having a guest. We did. Nobody believed us because the last few times we've said that it's <laughs> we didn't have a guest. not worked. Yeah. So Jonathan, why don't <laughs> you introduce our special guest today? I would like to introduce a good friend of mine. His name is Bobby McAllister, also known as Bobby. Um, <laughs> That's usually when I call him up. That's usually how I kind of, hey, Bobby. Anyway, um, if you don't get that reference, go watch King of the Hill. I think it's King of the Hill, right? It was. Yes, it was. Okay. You know, he got his start on Beavis and Butthead. Uh, Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize. Yeah. He sure did. I need a fry pie, large coffee. Anyway. Okay. If you watch Beavis and Butthead, you'll get that. I'm just it's, yeah. Thank you. Let's. Did you see Beavis and Butthead were in this in the Super Bowl last night? Like some of the ads. This Paramount coming Plus back. that's coming back. Yeah, I don't know about that. But anyway, yeah, anyways. Uh, so anyway, Bobby McAllister has joined us, and like I said, Bobby's a friend of mine. Uh, we've known each other for five, six years. Yeah, about that somewhere. Um, and I found out a while back that that one of um, one thing that Bobby enjoys doing is looking into apologetics, which is something that we've kind of talked about on the show. We've done one or two shows that that kind of skimmed the surface a tad bit. Um, but when I heard about that, we talked some and and thought, man, this would be a good, just a good series. Um, and so we're going to talk about apologetics. We're going to kind of walk through this first episode kind of about what apologetics is and no it's not saying i'm sorry okay uh but we're going to talk about it and and this is actually going to be a multi-part series like i'm hoping it'll it'll last um for quite a few shows and because uh, it, it's a big topic um I've, i know a lot of times when people um when you talk to people about sharing their faith I would say 90% of the time when I ask someone, why don't you share your faith? One of the answers that I always hear is I just, I don't feel like I could say, like they're going to ask me questions that, that I don't know the answer to. I'm going to say something wrong, you know, all those kind of things. Uh, And so that's, that's kind of one of the reasons that we're going to be going down this road is for the Christian to encourage you to be to be able to defend your faith and and not in, in you know in like a bad way or anything, um, but we need to know why we believe what we believe, and so this is the uh, this is kind of the topic that we're going to jump in on, and uh, Bobby, I'm going to let you just kind of introduce yourself, tell us whatever you would like for people to to know about you, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. Well, there's not a not a whole lot to know, Jonathan, oh, Dustin. Glad to be here. Um, really excited about this topic. I've spent the last probably three and a half years uh, diving into this and have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I love to learn. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the biggest things about me. I've always loved to learn, and and I I love to study the Bible. I love to spend time with it, and I love to teach it. I, I really believe that's something God has called me to do probably about 25, 26 years ago, and, and I've been teaching for that long. Um, one thing that will lead us into this is, is probably about five or six years ago, Dustin, I had just joined the church where Jonathan was previously on staff. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in my office working one day, and I get a phone call from Jonathan. And he says, can I come see you? I was like, sure, I've got a fairly quiet day. I'm in the library doing some research, and, and I'd love to, love to have you come on in. He just said, I want to visit. And it became very clear to me at that point that, that Jonathan was not one that would allow you to sit on the back pew of the church and, and be kind of incognito in the back. And so he came to see me and said, where do you want to be plugged in? Oh, <laughs> I've seen that at work before. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I was, I was a little bit taken aback because I didn't know that many people and, and wasn't that comfortable. And he said, I, I think we're going to have you work with middle school boys. Hmm. I don't like middle school boys. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, it's just not my comfort level. I, I had taught adults for the last 20 years and, and, and can't communicate. I didn't think that well with middle school boys. So I, I go to, the, I'm, I'm going to be obedient. It's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah, Staff member right. comes, tells you what to do. You go do it. And yes, so I go to the youth building that Sunday morning and, and tell a couple of people, I'm here to work with middle school boys. And the immediate response was, we don't need you there. Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, thanks. That's where I was told you. Now go with the high school boys. Mm-hmm. And um, for several, several weeks, I just kind of sat in a room with the high school boys and, and with a couple of great guys that were leading them and, and just tried to keep my mouth shut. And about six months later, all the other guys that were leading them had kind of faded out. They had other things had come up in life. And I, I'm all of a sudden stuck never having taught teenagers. There you go. And I'm scared to death. I mean, absolutely. And, and now it's been, what, four years, five years? Yeah, at least. Um, and, and I still work with those teenagers on Sundays and have tried to broaden that out a little bit, some other things. But um, I'm still scared to death. <laughs> Well, you, keep, you keep going. You're going to be with them middle school boys pretty soon. Yeah, <laughs> all those, yeah, all those middle know. school boys that he that he didn't want to be around. It's like God, at if you want to there now, if you want to send me to the Amazon, okay, <laughs> I'm cool with that, but not the middle school. But um, I, I started doing some research in into teaching kids. What we're going into with this series is where it led me. And that was kind of the main motivator to to my diving into apologetics. And it, it's been so much more than I ever thought it could possibly be. It's been logic. It's been philosophy. It's been church history. Um, it, it's, an, it's an incredible subject that everything... You guys want to do a series of, of podcasts on it. Everything we do, every subject that we do, entire books have been written about it. Yeah. And so it's just incredibly deep and, and incredibly fun to talk about and to study. Well, I know I'm looking forward to it. So I, the first thing I got I to gotta ask, because Jonathan, you brought this up at the beginning, is, 
this is something for all believers that we get challenged with these things. But we also have a lot of people who may be on the fence or not necessarily believers yet or might stumble upon the podcast that this is it's the series is probably going to help answer some of those questions for them that they might struggle with or they might want to know the answers to. But I've always had a problem with that word apologetics. Like it's always bothered me a little bit. And me and Jonathan talked about that before. He mentioned it earlier because I just don't know why they called it that because um, to me it just sounds like I know you don't like what God has to say, so let me apologize for him you know, and, and put it through. <laughs> so what, I mean, apologetics, when you hear that word and you've been studying and you've been involved in it, what, I mean, how's that word evolved for you, I guess? It, it fits right in with what I do for a living. I, I go to work Monday through Friday. I work as a lawyer. And the word comes from a Greek, the Greek word apologios, which means to give a defense. And so it's basically the same thing that a defense lawyer does when he goes to court and argues the facts and the law. We would hopefully try to use logic, try to use the facts, try to use law, and and try to make a coherent argument so that people, 12 people sitting in a jury can understand, even though those people aren't trained in the law. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of it in the sense of giving a defense to 12 normal citizens to help them understand how to apply facts and law together to make a decision. And, and I use it specifically with a criminal case because in a criminal case, they make a decision beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. And so it is, it is very difficult to make any truth claim, and we're going to get into that a little bit tonight, any truth claim that we make, it is very difficult to make that truth claim beyond a reasonable doubt and so that's why i think the word apologetics fits it really really well okay and as a i mean you know as a lawyer or just anybody if you're wanting to tell someone the truth you're not apologizing for it no it's just this is what the truth is well actually this is a truth that that we need to be excited about when when you really get into the truth of what God is and who God is, it it changes it for you. Uh, I read a read a book a couple of years ago, maybe maybe a year ago, by Charles Martin, and the title of the book is "What If It's True." And in this book, Martin, who is who is generally a writer of Christian fiction, had had decided in his walk that he wanted to write a book that wasn't fictional anymore. But he wanted to write a book that, that kind of brought home for people, okay, this is what I realized when I realized that God really is real and that he needs to make a difference in my life, not just on Sunday morning when I'm walking in and playing like I didn't fight with my family while we were getting ready for church. And, and I'm telling everybody that everything's fine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everything's great and we all are living that lie while we're at church on Sunday morning. Um, he wanted to write a book about what difference your faith should make in your life Monday through Saturday. And, and that book was really impactful in my studies through this because you have to think about if, if God's not making a difference in your life, if, if there's not a change, then he's probably not really there. And that's a hard truth for a lot of people to accept. I think the Bible teaches that when the creator of the universe gets involved in your life, mm-hmm. you're not capable of not changing. Yeah. You will change. And and it's 
it tells us over and over again, we're going to be known by our fruits. We're going to be known by our love. And and faith without works is dead. James says that, and it's it's all in your face. Yeah. I heard somebody say one time it's, it was it would be like getting hit by a Mack truck and then trying to tell people that nothing hit you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like. Well, obviously, you don't have any bones in your body that's not broken. You you got hit by something. Well, it's kind of ironic though, because in that for some reason, the same that same reason is why some people stay away from it. Because if they know they allow that door to open and get hit by that truck, they can't deny it anymore. Yeah. It's like if I just don't allow that truck to hit me, if I just avoid this, then I don't necessarily have to believe. It. I don't have to be changed because I don't want to change. Yeah. Well, and that's the bottom line to this entire study. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that I can give you ironclad, I saw Jesus rise from the grave myself proof, okay? We can't sit here. If you listen to the greatest debaters, both on the Christian side and the atheistic side, if you listen to the greatest debaters in the world, and and I could roll off names to you, but my, my favorite are like Christopher Hitchens against William Lane Craig. And if any of you guys out there listening want to want to see a, an amazing uh, a couple of amazing minds just go at it. Go watch a debate between those two. Mm-hmm. Because these these guys, ridiculous IQs, published all over the world, multiple doctorates, and, and they explain incredibly well what what truth and non-truth is. And And bottom line is they will tell you that I can't prove to you perfectly whether God exists or doesn't exist. You, you're going to have to make a decision at the end of the day if there's enough evidence for you to believe. A lot of people think faith means accepting something without evidence. I don't believe that. I don't think you have real faith in anything without there being some kind of evidence. Mm-hmm. I, I can't have faith in, in my dad when I'm going to jump off the side of the pool into his arms unless I'm familiar with my dad. Yeah. I didn't I didn't jump into his arms just because he was a big guy. I jumped to his into his arms in that water that I was scared of because he was my dad. Yeah. I had faith because of the evidence of having grown up around him. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we're talking about here. We're not I, I'm not gonna sit here and and tell people that you have to explain your faith and begin with the Bible is true. No, we're gonna talk about whether the Bible is true. We we can't go out to the world and say like we did when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm at least 10 years older than both of you guys. And, and when I was growing up, they said the Bible's true, and we just accepted it. People don't accept that anymore. So you can't just say this book is true. Mm-hmm. You can't just say your culture says it. You can't just say your mom and daddy said it. Hmm. Guys, in my research, I've learned that Gen Z, Generation Z, which is born between 1999 and about 2015, the, the percentage of atheists in that age group is double mm-hmm. what it was in the generation before. Yeah, 13% of that age group is atheistic or, or proclaims to be atheistic. Kids uh, that, are, that are growing up today, that have grown up in church, between 66 and 70% of them leave the church when they move off to college, when they become adults. Yeah. We, we aren't reaching them. And, and personally, I believe it is because, number one, we don't live out the truth. And, and I'm, not, I'm not preaching that to you. I'm saying it to myself. 
Okay, we have to begin with ourselves. But, but number two, because we aren't capable of explaining to them what truth really is yep. and why they can, they can know that it's truth. Yep. And one, one thing that you just mentioned, the, kind of the statistics there, uh, and some research that, that the Barna group did, um, looking at how many kids fall away from church after, grad, after high school graduation, they said that the, the majority of those um, like the ones who never come back, a, a big majority of them were the ones that were there all the time, like the Sunday school kids, yeah. you know, and in interviewing them as to why they didn't come back, one of the big reasons that they, that they stated was that as they were growing up in church week after week after week, that nobody seemed to have their the answers, yeah. you know? And so that you mentioned just a minute ago, kind of that, well, the Bible tells me so. And maybe that's a good place to start is the Bible. You know, wh- how should we look at the Bible? Uh, how do those who, who don't agree with our faith, how do they look at the Bible? How should we, can we use the Bible? Like, you know, where, where does the Bible fit in as far as us being, um, you know, an apologist? It, it, can't, it can't be first. And, and I know that may sound crazy to, to someone with a preacher daddy and, and someone who was, who was raised in church every time the doors were open, but, but we have to approach this to, to show them why they can believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and in today's society, Jonathan, they don't even know that there's truth. One of, one of my favorite phrases when people look at various religions, we were talking about this a little bit before we started, people think all religions are the same mm-hmm. and, and all religions are heading the same place. One of my, one of my favorite things that I've heard in, in this study, there's an old parable and it's about six blind men that are taken up to an elephant and, and the six blind men represent various forms of religion and there's a, the blind man that grabs the elephant by the trunk, says, oh, well, it's a hose. And the, the blind man that grabs the elephant by the, by the tusk says, wow, it's a spear. And the blind man that grabs the elephant by the ear says, no, no, it's a fan. And then the blind man that grabs the elephant by the tail says, no, guys, you got it wrong. It's a rope. And then there's the blind man who's leaning up against the body and he says, it's a wall. And so all of these blind men representing these areas I'm glad of religion. That's as many body parts as you mentioned yeah. on, the, on the elephant. That's, that's we all. stopped there. Yeah. We could do the leg. It's a pillar. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But but a lot of a lot of religion teachers at college will teach this to to show people that all religions are the same. Mm-hmm. Because all these blind men all these blind men, they don't have truth. But then all you have to do is say, well, let's open our eyes mm-hmm. and let's find truth. And we can see there's an elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and one of my favorite lines that I was listening to today, there was an agnostic by the name of Robert Jastrow. And he's an astronomer and, and he has studied the, the beginnings of the universe. And there's lots and lots and lots of arguments about the beginning of the universe. And we'll get into that some, I hope, with the next episode. But he, he said that as we study the beginning of the universe, it's like we're climbing a mountain and we're trying and trying and trying to reach this peak. And we find so many things on the way up this mountain. 
And finally, now we're just about to the peak of the mountain. And when I look up at the peak, I suddenly realize that, that there's all these theologians that have been waiting on me for several hundred years <laughs> because they've already seen the evidence. Yeah. yeah. Because what they're finding in science aligns perfectly with biblical the text. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. It wasn't in, in history, it wasn't that long ago, they believed the earth was flat. And then some they found out. Do. Yeah, oh, some, yeah, they made a comeback. We don't even want to get into that. <laughs> I had those guys in my class too. They were interesting. One of them identified as a spoon while he was at it, but we won't go there either. You remember him, don't you? Yeah, I know exactly. You who know exactly about. who I yes. mean. But um, great story. We won't share. But um, it wasn't long after that that they argued over whether the universe was was eternal. And it wasn't until the, the beginning of the 19th century with Albert Einstein that they realized that the universe had a beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Moses could have told them that about five or 6,000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think he did. Think, yeah. yeah. He talks about that. But to the subject, what, what is truth? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, let's tackle that easy one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually have a disc called The Truth. Cause really? Flies so straight. Does it work? Yeah. Not when I throw it. I was <laughs> going to say, I bet I can make it crooked. <laughs> but when the average person throws it, it looks pretty so, good. Well, but that, but that doesn't that kind of lead us into the whole issue with the truth is it says it's true. Well, when I throw it, it goes that direction. When you throw it, it goes that direction. So isn't, isn't truth, I'll play devil's advocate here, isn't truth up to the beholder? Like, some is there people, really absolute truth? Some people will argue that truth is relative. And, and that there is a, and in fact, I used to teach that some truth is concrete and some is relative. I have, since doing these studies, changed my mind. And, and I would suggest to you, Jonathan, Mr. Devil's Advocate, that every statement coming out of your mouth is a truth claim. A truth claim. Yes. Okay. And and it's even even what we think of as subjective truth, such as my favorite, I believe peanut butter is God's greatest food gift to mankind. Oh, it's false. So yeah, I, I would say that's false. It's bacon, obviously. But I mean, but I, I like cheese too. <laughs> the point of that, other than it being goofy, is all get out. The point of that... Hey, there's nothing goofy about food. Okay. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, <laughs> I, that whole pregnancy thing you were talking yeah. about early, I wish you wouldn't bring that up because I feel that. And look it. There's a lot of third trimesters in the room. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I mean by the truth claim is on February 8th at 8.29 p.m., Bobby McAllister believes that peanut butter is is the greatest gift, food gift to mankind. That is truth, that I believe that. Mm-hmm. That statement, that's a truth claim. It's absolute. Whether you agree with me or not, it's still true that I believe that. Right. That is still the truth. And so anytime we make a statement that we believe equates with reality, even on a subjective matter, it is a truth claim. Now, there are certain truth claims 
what you're getting into that are basic. Mm-hmm. Th- those are basic truths. And, and those are things that facts don't have feelings. Mm-hmm. That wonderful phrase that goes around nowadays. Yeah. Those are those kind of things. Basics. Um, two plus two is four. I don't care if you're here. I don't care if you're there. I don't care if you're in outer space. Two plus two is still four. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite movies of all times. Um, holy cow. It was his favorite, but right now. Jody Foster, Matthew it. McConaughey. Um, Matt, somebody Google. Google Matthew McConaughey movies. Google Matthew Quick. McConaughey, Jody Foster. I'll take this as a challenge. It's where they um, find proof of, of life in outer space. Uh, the atheist scientist. Contact. Actually, contact. Yeah, contact. Yes. Boom. Contact. Thank you. Bam. I win. Um, I get a disc. You get a disc <laughs> or a t-shirt. <laughs> I would I would take my UCA shirt off and Please give it to don't. you, but no, you won't want me to take it off. Here, yeah. Um, a t-shirt on under that. Okay. No, no, it's anyway. all it's all me. Yes, contact. But uh, um, the the premise of that movie was that there was a message coming from outer space, mm-hmm. and it was a message of mathematics. Mm-hmm. And and the argument, even by the atheists, was that mathematics is a language that's true, no whether on Earth or in outer space. The laws of physics and the laws of mathematics still apply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so those those are basic claims. Whether we agree with them or not, two plus two is four. Yeah. So what's the difference between a truth claim and an opinion? Or is there one? There, there is to some extent, a difference in we, we can believe something and, and make a claim or an opinion, mm-hmm. but our opinions or our beliefs can change. Okay. So truth doesn't change, but our, what we believe can change as far as what is the truth. Okay. If For that makes us. sense. For us. Okay. Uh, objective truth is still out there, and, and that's one thing that we need to be seeking in our life, and, and we need to understand that it is important to seek the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the issue. We're, we're supposed, you guys wanted to talk about this in terms of moms and dads and, and the application of talking to their teenagers about these issues. A lot of teenagers really don't care what truth is today. If it doesn't affect them, if they don't understand how it affects them directly, how it affects their day-to-day life, they really don't care. Yeah, I can see that. Um, My 19-year-old son hates hates politics. Mm -hmm. I could not get him. I couldn't shame him. I couldn't force him to vote this time just because he didn't like it. He didn't care. He doesn't see how it affects him, and and so he's not going to get involved. And, and you see that more and more from teenagers today. Mm-hmm. You see teenagers that don't get, get their driver's license like we did when I got mine when I was 14. I, I wanted to drive and be, be independent as fast as I could. Many, many teenagers don't feel that way. They don't see the importance of truth. Yeah. So why is truth important? Me? Yeah. Okay. Anybody. I'm the guest. I'm not asking Dustin that question. <laughs> Dustin, why is truth important? It's a great mid-range. It's good for when you're the basket's about 100, 150 feet away. <laughs> He's back to you can put it on golf. a slight hyzer and it'll curve right in there. That's okay. I, I'm a I'm a regular golfer, and oh, even man. even my watch tells me how far away I am from the green. <laughs> there you go. Sir. Okay, I have my Garmin golf watch on. Um, 
we we need to understand how important truth is because even even if we don't think truth is important in how we act, it's always going to be important in how we react. You see, people people want others to be truthful to them. They want others to treat them appropriately truthful. Dustin, you're a banker. Mm-hmm. And and let's say my bank account is at your bank. Yep. And I walk into you and, and I say, Dustin, I'm supposed to have $100,000 in my bank account. And you look at my bank account and you say, it's got 10 bucks in it. <laughs> That's not the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to tell you this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Im- I'm probably going to get really flustered if I really believe there's supposed to be a hundred thousand dollars in my bank account sure. and you tell me there's 10 bucks in it. Yeah. It's, it's something that we need to understand. If, if I've, I've had back surgery a few years ago and before I had back surgery, I had to take some pain pills. If I had gotten a prescription bottle full of pain pills that said, if your back starts hurting, take all of these within 10 minutes. That's pretty important that it tells me the truth. Yeah, that'd have been yeah, that'd have been bad. That's that's fatal. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll die if you take all those pain pills at the same time. And so it is really important how we hear and deal with the truth. We want truth in relationships. We we don't want a relationship that's true for me and something else is true for you. Mm-hmm. At least I don't think you want your spouse. To have something true for her, but not be true for you. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can carry it way yeah. far down the road. Yeah, it, it's funny how, you know, like how easy it is to believe truth in some instances. Like I, if I go to the pharmacy, like you mentioned, and read on that bottle, you know, take one every four to six hours. I'm like, well, that's what's best for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't open a... I didn't open one medical manual to tell me that that was truth. You know, uh, if I go to the bank account and look, I'm like, yeah, that's about, you know, that's, if it tells me something that I don't think is right, I'm going to believe I'm wrong. You know, I don't usually go to the bank and say, no, you're wrong. I'm going, oh, shoot, I forgot something. Well, let me you throw know? out some normal human nature for you. And this is how important things like that can be. Uh, nobody would argue with me that we have an opioid crisis in the United States. Mm-hmm. You you get those pain pills that, that I told you I used to have a prescription for fairly regularly. It will say take one to two tablets every four to six hours. And then there's two little words at the end of that sentence that says, as needed. Mm-hmm. And, and I have come to learn after working with addicts for about the last 10 or 15 years that not many people understood the truth of those as-needed words. Mm. And very few people, from doctors to drug companies, explained to them the importance of those as-needed words. Mm-hmm. And so people would take those pills every four to six hours as needed. Yeah. But they would take them every four to six hours whether they needed them or not. Right. And, and what that does to you is it causes you to become an addict. Mm-hmm. The truth wasn't shared appropriately. Okay, yeah. And so it, it is vastly important that we understand what truth is. And, and we need to understand when people confront us with issues like, um, can, there is no such thing as truth. Can, oh, yeah. Have you heard I've, that statement? Oh, absolutely. How do you respond to that statement? 
Well, you're dumb, and that's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, actually, I, the to me, the funnest way to to <laughs> anyway, the funnest way to deny that there is no absolute truth is to say, "Are you absolutely sure?" Exactly. Because if you're absolutely sure, then you're saying that there is an absolute truth, that there is no truth. Exactly. And that's just dumb. But isn't it hard, though? Because, man, I think about today, especially today's world. We talked about this this new generation coming up. But even what's going on in the last few years in our country, and our world, the arguments you see break out on social media over, like, who's telling the truth, who's lying to you, who's manipulating oh, yeah. you. I. I always associate the word truth with trust, you know, and I'm not sure you should always, but um, the reason I take two of those pills every so many hours is because some doctor and some pharmacist thought that that would be the best plan for me. And I didn't go read, I didn't go diagnose myself to figure out this is what I need to do. I I trust that they're being truthful with me and I'm going to, I'm going to do what they say. Yeah. But I think it seems like in today's world, more and more it's growing. I think we're just, um, overwhelmed with people just not being truthful. People yeah. are lying to us. They're manipulating us. Even reality television, which is supposed to be truth, is scripted and is what? not true. What? <laughs> reality Sorry. TV is not true? Sorry, y'all. I, mean, I don't believe it. Uh, but uh, Prove it. But we get, in, you know, just over and over, and that yeah. stuff's getting to us. Somebody's There's so many lies. Us. Somebody's being false with us. Yeah. So how am I supposed to believe truth? I go to, I go to my doctor to get a good report. I've been to a doctor who gave me a bad one. I'm a student. I go to school to hear from a teacher who's supposed to teach me the truth of history or something like that. I get their opinions or I get their version of the truth. Yeah. I get people on social media or this or that saying, that's not my president. Yeah, it is. If you'd like him or not, he's, your, he's the president of the United States. If you're a citizen of the United States, he's your president, if you like it or not. So I know that's one of those truth things. It's like, if you don't believe it, you don't believe it. But I just think it's so hard for them to buy into somebody teaching them truth because, because there's so many lies it's just over and over and over again yeah you can't and it this is what has been driving me nuts like 2020 i remember in in march i believe in, in fact i think it was before because we could still meet because i was in a in a particular staff meeting at church when i i thought i i feel like Pilate. When, when Jesus says something about the truth and he just says, what is truth? You know, and I, and I know a lot of people feel like he was being sarcastic and those, I don't know if he was. Cause I, especially during 2020, I was like, I just want to know the truth. Like is, is Corona really as bad as everybody's saying? You know, are these, I mean, you could, I feel like we couldn't get the truth about COVID, we couldn't get the truth about masks. We couldn't get the truth about anything politics. We couldn't get the truth about, you know, I mean, you turn on one news station and it's, oh my goodness. And you turn on the other one, it's like, never mind. Oh my good, you know. So yeah, like you say, you'd. And then murder the, hornets showed up. And then murder hornets, <laughs> you know, which apparently aren't really a thing anyway. Yeah. See, more untruth. Have you seen the fight between the murder hornet and the praying mantis? I think I actually have seen That's that. actually pretty cool. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I feel like I need see, to check it out. Prayer works. <laughs> <laughs> and and guys, that's that's one thing I love about the Bible. Unlike any other religion, 
the Bible challenges you to test it. Over and over and over again, the Bible says, check it out. Test me. Some of my, some of my favorite verses are, are part of what lead me further into apologetics. Romans chapter 1. Says God makes Himself evident through creation, so that no man is without excuse. He makes Himself clear in His creation. We don't even have to look at a book. Yeah, we can look. The deeper we look at His creation, the more proof there is. the The Bible tells us to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in you. That's First Peter. It, it commands you to dig it commands you to look it it talks about socrates said that the the life the unexamined life is not worth living the bible commands that we examine ourselves that we test ourselves that we test what we say that we test what we teach and and that's what we're going to do we're going to try to use in this series we're going to try to use the rules of logic that's that's where things will begin. It's it's the principles. There there's some simple principles. There there the law of non contradiction. Forgive me for stammering. The law of non contradiction. That that is very simply this. Something either is or it isn't. Yeah. It, it can't be both. Mm-hmm. God either exists or he doesn't. He can't he can't be both. Yeah. He he either is real or he's not. And, and then there is the law of the excluded middle. And, and again, it's very similarly, there is nothing in between that is or isn't. We, we're okay. either going to yeah. prove that he is or he isn't, and, and there's not anything in between. We're going we're gonna to look at the broad pictures. You see, we, we talked a little bit about before uh, whether religions all lead the same way. Well, religions don't all lead the same way. Right. Uh, only, only if you don't look at them. There, there are several different world religions that are out there, and and it's pretty simple. We can simplistically show that logically these things can't all be true at the same time. Uh, we we are of the Christian faith. We we believe in a God. We believe that God is the Creator, that He created and caused everything. Mm-hmm. We believe that he manifested himself through Jesus, that, that Jesus is God himself that came to this earth, that Jesus lived, he was crucified, and he rose from the grave. Those, those are our basic teachings. If, if you are going to claim Christianity and you disagree with those teachings, you aren't really a Christian. Right. Because those are the basic beliefs. Uh, you have Islam, okay? That is that is the other theology, theological religion, uh, believing in a personal God. Islam in the Quran claims that Jesus did not die on the cross. It's very clear he did not die on the cross. Both of those cannot be true. The Quran teaches that Allah, God manifested himself in that book through his prophet Muhammad. The only miracle claim in the original Islamic faith is the miracle of the Quran. The, the claimed miracles of Muhammad were not claimed for hundreds of, hundreds of years after his death. In, in the original, there, there is no claims of Muhammad to have 
perform miracles. When he was asked about a miracle, he would say, read the Quran. It is the miracle unto itself. It was the miracle. Mm-hmm. Okay. There, there is no corollary between the two. There's, there's no way you can justify those two faiths. Those, those are the one God theological faiths. Then you have pantheism. Pantheism believes God's in everything, that mm-hmm. God is everything. God's you and you and me and this table and these microphones and everything else. Those clearly do not align in any way with, with either Islam or Christianity. Mm-hmm. Okay, You have atheism, and, and there's a couple of strange versions of atheism. Um, atheism, you, you can have anti-theism, atheism, where they, where they deny that there is a God, there can't be a God, or you have kind of the new atheists where they argue that I just don't have a belief. Yeah. They, they won't say they're agnostic, they say they're atheists, but they, they try to argue that I just don't have a belief because they don't want to give themselves any burden of proof in the discussion. Mm-hmm. They want yeah. you to have to do all the proving. And, and it makes itself very apparent when you listen to some of the, the debates between the great minds out there today. Um, and then you have agnosticism. And agnosticism says, I just can't know if there's truth. I don't know if there's God or not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we can know one way or another. That's, that's an agnostic. Yeah. Uh, the, the lack of knowledge. And so we're going to dive in, hopefully over the next several episodes, and, and try to figure out, can we tell which one is truth? Mm-hmm. Can we tell, like the Bible says, from creation who God is and what he's like? Mm-hmm. That one's kind of fun. Yeah. Hmm. What about those people? <laughs> like, where would they fit? Like, what category? Because, I mean, there's a good, good section of the belief that says, I do believe in a God. Like, I believe that's probably real. Like, there's a God. But I just don't believe any of the religions got it right because there's too many people involved. Where do those people fit? And and I don't know that... I'm probably one of those people for a little while in my life. I don't know that there's a hard and fast category for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think those there there are some of those that I think are, are truly seeking and, and trying to find something. I, I think there's some people that are just scared. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we end up, to be honest with you, we end up believing what we choose to believe. And and that's reality. Um, one of the one of the writers that I read said that um, most people believe things that are comfortable for them, mm. and there are a lot of things that make our faith uncomfortable for people. There's some real real issues out there. Some real good arguments. The the thing that turns many 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 people off, and and we probably need to spend a whole segment on this, and and be careful how we treat it as suffering and evil. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sorry, but but that's something that we've got to face. Yeah. And and we've got to talk about it. And and I've got some, to be honest with you, some somewhat different ideas about it, even from the things that I've read. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the problem that we face is that that we want. I think just as humans, and and for me, this is an image of God kind of thing is that we desire knowledge, we desire understanding. And so when we get to the end of our understanding, we don't like we don't like that. We don't feel comfortable with that. So we want 
we want everything to be understandable, you know, and and that I think that's where we in, even with the truth is when we're not sure what the truth is, then maybe we just go with what we can trust. And what can we trust? Well, I can trust what I can see, what I can smell, what I can touch, what I can feel. I can trust those things because it's right there. You know, I mean, even, I mean, if you walked into this room right now, there are some chairs in here that I would trust more than others. <laughs> you know, there's some little white chairs over here yeah, in the I was corner right at that, that chair. I'm, I'm, like, I'm going, no way I'm, sitting in that I'm not sitting in that. Why? Cause I don't, trust what you didn't say a word like. to me when i sat in that chair you know you ago. got into it faster than i could I'm, say uh, yeah right we're um, open fingers crossed <laughs> um <laughs> anyway i almost threw out a bad lawyer joke but I, um <laughs> that's okay lawyers and preachers are the same well that's pretty we've, we've talked about that <laughs> one gets paid better so <laughs> have you met joel osteen <laughs> I guess it just depends on the what kind of <laughs> what kind of preacher and what kind of lawyer you are. Anyway, um, there. Let me let me throw one more thing in. Um, one of the one of the books I'm plowing through right now is a is a book on philosophy, and there are basically it, it describes at the very beginning of it there are three ways to attain knowledge. One is knowledge from from visual tactile learning touching or seeing mm-hmm. and and that's i can see this table i can know that there's a table here uh the second is knowledge from experience i i have played sports and i understand and know may not play them well but i know what it is to play those sports and and the other is from learning and, and those things are the things we're talking about, Dustin, that you have to learn what you can trust. And so we're going to try through this to be very valid in our logic and in our philosophy. And, and I'm using philosophy not in, not in the touchy-feely kind of sense, but in, in the kind of Greek thought process of seeking truth loving wisdom, loving knowledge, that mm-hmm. type of philosophy. Mm-hmm. And and I want to go through this and try to be sound in our logic and philosophy and and be very simplistic as we're taking the steps forward and try to make certain that people have a foundation for their faith and that they walk out of this with with a little bit of confidence to be able to share it. Now, one thing that I think we probably need to say at, at the beginning or end or somewhere in, in everything we're discussing this, when you share your faith, when you, when you believe we are sharing truth, it is really, really, really easy to be arrogant with that. Mm-hmm. That is something that as Christians we are to run from. If, if you can't share truth in a loving, humble way, keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this is not to be taken as an I'm better than you, I've, I've got something. It's, it's more to be taken as, man, I got something amazing and I want to tell you about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because I, one, one thing, and I heard this from a preacher years ago, he, he said, I don't think the Apostle Paul 
ever got over the fact that Jesus saved him. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to ever get over the fact that Jesus saved somebody like me. Yeah. What you were saying just a minute ago reminded me, we were kind of talking earlier before we started that I don't like, depending on the circumstance, obviously, but I don't mind arguing, you know, sure. and it, it, like confrontation when it's about ideas and, and all those kind of things. I don't mind that. I look forward to it. Um, in, in some ways I don't like, um, you know, confrontation when it's, when somebody might get their feelings hurt. I mean, I don't want to do that, but when it's just talking about topics like yeah. this, I, you know, I enjoy that. Dustin, on the other hand, not such a fan. Um, but when you were just talking about that and, and not approaching it in an arrogant type way, um, it's almost, and I've heard this used in the past. It's like when you're, when you're arguing with, arguing with someone, like, do you, when the when the need to win is more than the need to 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 be heard or to hear the other person the the when your need to argue is more than your need to communicate then you're approaching it, it absolutely wrongly um so yeah that that's a great point cuz one thing that that the we as christians are um have been accused of rightfully so yeah is that we're arrogant jerks. And and I think that can come across a lot of times when we we feel like this is the truth. I can't believe you can't believe what I believe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it can come across in an in an arrogant or prideful kind of a, kind of way. So, yeah, definitely need to make sure we err on the side of humility and uh, and I don't think that's going to be a problem for me and Dustin cuz we're going to be learning a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I'm already naturally humble. I'm really good at being humble. I don't mean to brag. I was, I was really about to say, you know, humble. you can be arrogant in your humility, right? That was that was our class yeah. last Wednesday night. I, think. I felt that humility rolling off of me. All right. Well, hey, as a as a way to land the plane, um, thought I'd throw this out there. I wonder if sometimes the reason we don't kind of jump into apologetics and jump into learning more almost like we're questioning more um, is that we're afraid to question our own faith like we're afraid if we do question it what answers we might come and it might show even how little maybe how little faith we have you know and it's almost like a I'm scared to really jump into this because I'm afraid of what I might learn, you know, those kind of things. So let's not be afraid of that. Like, let's not be afraid that we're going to somehow understand more than God does, you know? <laughs> and, and, and God is not afraid of questions. God is not afraid of us going, God, I don't understand this. Can you help me out with this? Um, and you know, let's, let's, look into this and jump into this as a way for him to show himself to us through this uh, so that we can be even more confident in our own faith and so that we can help others in their faith and so that we can help those who don't believe walk toward faith. Um, so that's what I got. What You got anything 
Destin, as we land this plane. Yeah, I'm going to add this, and I haven't talked with you about it. It just came to me while we were talking about this, and you, you said something here just to, I think, I get on about questions. So, we're wanting to give away something. Cool land the plane disc, t-shirt, something. We'll give something away. Yeah. Let's do this. So, this is going to probably prompt some questions. That, yeah. that may be the hope. Is like there's just some discussion topics here and stuff like that. And I say over this period of this study, okay. if you come up with a question, if you have a challenging thought, something you want to share, shoot us an email. Land and we'll the plane give you today. a disc. No. <laughs> land the plane today at gmail.com. Shoot us a question. Yeah. If we get who, whoever shoots us a question, comment something about this study, we'll put your name in a hat, we'll draw out a winner for a prize at the end of it. But we'll also take those questions, and if we get enough questions in, maybe at the very end of this, they, maybe the last show talking about this is... Or even if they align with the show yeah. that we've got already kind of... We'll, we'll cover yeah. those questions and we'll bring them up in the discussion. Or like yeah. I said, we'll have a special show at the end if we get a bunch of them and we can kind of review them and go through them. So yeah. send us a question, send like us some that. thoughts, land the plane today at gmail.com. That's the only place we're going to take them because it's too hard to keep up with, with the social media yeah. here, the social media. So send your thoughts, comments to land the plane today at gmail.com. If you want to direct messages, we'll take that too. Yeah, okay. direct That'll message. Work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, through Facebook or yeah, Facebook. Messenger or Instagram, something yeah. like that. We'll, so we'll a direct message or an email, and uh, we'll take those questions. I like we'll that. Together. Yeah, and then we'll do a drawing at the end for somebody to get a prize. Yeah. So that's all I got, though. Bam. I'm looking forward to this. I'm excited about it. Bobby, thank you for joining us. Yeah, you. Yeah. Taking the pressure off having to come up with a topic each week because Bobby's going to be on top of it. <laughs> 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 There's me being being selfish again but hey that's the show right is that the show i man that's all i got it's all you so, got so uh take a listen share this one if it if it prompts you to discussions and discussions in your household with your kids with your spouse with your neighbor hey that's what's here for share it let people know about it and let's take this journey together and i'm looking forward to it so um share I don't even, I don't share know how this with be. even with a i mean if you have an atheist friend agnostic friend a, a seeking for it. share it with them and then say hey over the next few weeks these guys are going to be discussing this stuff take a listen to this give me some questions i want to win a disc or a t-shirt yeah yeah and we've That'd always said awesome. from the very beginning of this show we always want it to be for anybody yeah if you're that uh christian if you're islamic if you're um the agnostic or the atheist that we talked about this show is meant to be for everybody hopefully anybody could listen and uh, learn something and gather some information. So that's all we got. Bobby, again, thank you for joining us. Jonathan, thank you for... Just being up, me. Offering up the yeah. studio again. And for that delightful apple cider that you've shared with you before. Hey, whatever I can do. Nice hot beverage. All right, y'all. We'll be safe. All right. See you guys. Bye.